This podcast is a publication of the Engineering Management Institute, where we build professional development systems to help engineers and their firms grow. You can now download our recently published AE Industry Trends Report, which contains answers to the following questions. How long will the great resignation last? Are firms still allowing remote work and how is it affecting their productivity? How are successful firms using data to create people-centric cultures? You can find answers to these questions and more in our latest report, which you can download at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Welcome to this episode of the Civil Engineering Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to helping civil engineering professionals succeed in work and life. How can a civil engineering firm build a strong company culture, especially in the atmosphere that we're in today? I'm your host, Anthony Fasano, and in this episode of the Civil Engineering Podcast, we're really going to look at what separates a good from a great civil engineering firm, and what I found is it's very simple. It is a strong company culture. I was recently reading an article by Taylor Pearson entitled Company Culture and How It Can Be Worth $150 Million. It talks about when Airbnb closed out their Series C fund raising and they raised $200 million, which was led by Peter Thiel's Founders Fund. And so the Airbnb team invited Thiel into their office and they took him into the conference room and they pulled up a lot of various metrics on the screen to show him how the company was doing. And midway through the conversation, the Airbnb CEO asked Thiel, what was the single most important piece of advice that you had for us? And, you know, you think it'd be something about margins or profits or building the company, but it wasn't. What Peter Thiel said to them was, don't F up the culture. The article really goes on to talk a lot about how important culture building is to building any organization. And through the work that we've done with civil engineering firms, I've outlined five specific steps that you can take to build strong company culture. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. Let's walk through these five steps that you can take to build a strong culture in your civil engineering firm. And you don't necessarily have to do all of them. It'd be great if you could do any of them, quite frankly. But the more you can do, I think the more success that you'll have in growing your firm sustainably for the long term. Step number one, ensure that personal relationships are built between leaders and their team members. What I've found in a lot of our consulting and our learning and development work today, the corporate world is very stressful. Obviously, we've had COVID. People have no clear line or separation between work and home. And many leaders today are managing in a way that is very transactional. They have XYZ projects and they want to get them done. So they try to find people on their team that can finish these projects. They assign the work to them. They review the work in a way that they hope that they could just keep the assembly line of projects moving. However, for a number of reasons, including less physical interaction with people these days, shorter deadlines, more complex projects, leaders don't seem to spend the time to get to know the people that they're leading. They don't understand what their career goals are. They don't know their strengths, their weaknesses, their desires. And therefore, these relationships are also extremely transactional. You do this for me and you'll get a star. You do a couple of things for me, you'll get a couple of stars. And then in your next review, you'll get more money. And that's just not a good way for anyone to operate in a team setting. So it is imperative that leaders engage and connect with their team members 
and also consider the entire relationship of the team. And again, in the world that we live in today, it's teams that make things happen, right? Not individuals. So you really need to focus on the relationships of your team members, both you and your team members and the team members together. It's really a huge piece of culture in a company today. I want to give a plug to a book I recently read called Humble Leadership that talks about the importance of the relationship between the leader and the team members in the world that we live in today. It wasn't something that's been focused on in years prior, but is being much more focused on now. Step number two, setting clear expectations for all employees. Another book that I recently read was entitled The Culture Solution, a practical guide to building a dynamic culture so people love coming to work and accomplishing great things together by Matthew Kelly. And he talked about something that I think is absolutely critical in the corporate world, especially when you're building a strong culture, but also it's just important in life in general every day, which he refers to as the expectation gap. Whenever two parties are involved in some way, shape, or form, typically each party has an expectation. And if those expectations are different, then you have what is called an expectations gap. From a personal example, right, if you're at work and your spouse expects you to be home at five o'clock for dinner, yet in your mind, you plan to finish up a report and you're going to get home at six or 6.30, there's an expectation gap there. Your spouse expects that you'll be home at five and you expect that you'll be home at six or 6.30. And what happens is whenever there's an expectation gap, it leads to fear, anger, or distrust because both parties are likely going to be upset or angry because their expectation wasn't met. And so if you want to think about this from an engineering example, there are many ways you can go with it, right? From a project management standpoint, if your client is expecting you to have a submission for them on Friday, September 15th, however, you're planning to have that submission ready a week later on the 22nd, there's an expectation gap there, which means your client is not going to be happy when September 15th comes around and they don't have the submission that they were expecting. How do you avoid that? You set the expectations, you communicate the expectations with the other party. And so when it comes to culture building, your employees need to have clear expectations on what their roles and responsibilities are within the company. From the CEO down to the interns, everyone should have clear expectations on what their role is. Because sometimes we create our own expectations in our own mind. We know what we want. Maybe our team members know, but we don't communicate it to each other. And therefore, either it doesn't happen or we create that expectation gap, right? We make assumptions. We assume that we know what our leaders want from us, and they might assume the same. So one of the things that we like to do at EMI is we have team meetings each week in our different units. And the approach that we take in these team meetings is we ask three questions. What did you accomplish last week? What will you accomplish this week? And what do you need from me to help you get that done? Now, me being the leader of that group, if I go through this process, I'm making sure that we both understand who's working on what and I make sure that they have everything that they need from me to accomplish that. So the following week, there is no fear, anger, or distrust because there's no expectation gap. And I'm spending a little bit of time on this expectation gap theory because I really believe that it's critical in everything that happens in life. Because the more and more I think about it, the more I see expectation gaps are kind of the crux of a lot of distrust in the world today. You could even look at an analogy of a sports analogy for a minute here. A baseball team, for example, does a lot of marketing, right? They're putting out information. Hey, we've got these new players. We're going to have a great season. So what does that do? It sets the expectations for the fans as very high. Wow, we've got these new players. We're going to win a lot of games. Maybe we're going to win the championship. 
And then the team goes out there and they don't meet the expectations that were set by the leadership. They play bad. They don't win a lot of games. And you have a major expectation gap. The fans were expecting a great team and they got a subpar team. So now the fans are angry at the team. So if you want to build a great culture in your company, or even with your team as a manager, because maybe you can't impact the culture of the entire company, but you can certainly impact the culture of your team, make sure that there are no expectation gaps, or at least try to minimize them as much as possible. Step three, ensure that your employees have a clear path to growth. This one fits in well with number one, because you're only going to know what their path is in terms of growth if you understand what their goals are. If you have a good relationship with your team members, you understand where they want to go in their career, then you can help them get there. And I know that this might sound obvious. Of course, I should be helping my team members achieve their goals. Of course, I should be learning about them. We've worked with several firms and this setup was not in place. In other words, the leaders or managers didn't know what the career paths were of their employees. They didn't know where they wanted to go in their careers. They didn't know if they wanted to get licensed or stay technical or become leaders because they never talked to them about it. In fact, one of the things that we've done with a couple of our clients was we helped them to create career roadmaps for their firms so that they could communicate better to their employees what their career path looks like. And when we do that process or go through that process and build that roadmap, we interview people in the company. And what we heard from a lot of people in these companies were, I don't know where I'm going in this company. I don't know what my upside is. I can't see what's ahead. And if your employees are saying that, then you're in rough shape. And I love to use this analogy because what it means is they're basically sitting in a canoe and they're paddling the canoe every day, right? Which represents the work that they're doing, but they're in a fog. There's fog all across the lake, so they can't actually see where they're going. And so when you're paddling in a fog, you tend to slow down because you don't know what's ahead. So if you don't have a clear pathway for your employees or for your team members, then they might slow down. In fact, they might even look to get into another boat or get into another lake, which represents another company where that fog goes away. So this is really an important one. Show your people the path to grow in their careers and support them along that path. Step four, ask important questions. Now, I know what you're thinking. The word important is somewhat subjective, right? But at the same time, important should be what you feel is important to your team, important to the growth of your division, your department, your company. We recently conducted a study. We teamed up with a company called Actions Prove, and we interviewed hundreds of architects and engineers across North America, and we asked them difficult questions that their companies didn't want to ask them. Like, would you leave your firm if the right opportunity came to you? Or how would you feel if your company required you to come back to the office full time? And we collected those answers. We put together a report with the answers. It's called The Present and Future of Work in the AEC Industry, which you can download on the main page of our website at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. There's a big yellow button. You can click it and download the report. However, the point that I'm getting at here is that we had to ask those questions because firm leaders are afraid to ask those questions, or they don't have the relationship that I talked about earlier to be able to comfortably ask their team members those questions. And so the point here is that you don't want someone else asking your staff these questions. You want to find out the answers yourself before it's too late. So if you're spending the time to build relationships with them, if you're ensuring that they have a clear career path and you're supporting them on that path, it will be much easier to ask them these difficult questions like, what could we do better for you here? 
What would ensure that you stay here for the long term? Because the information that you need to build a great culture comes from your employees. And if you understand it and you work towards that, you can grow very sustainably. Step number five, lead by example. Nothing destroys a culture faster than a leader doing the opposite of what he or she is asking their team to do. So if you're telling your team that we have to get back into the office more because we want to do more in-person work, more in-person meetings, we need to build some cohesiveness, but then you don't come into the office that often or you find your way out of the office a lot of the time, they're not going to take that seriously and they're not going to take you seriously. If you preach to your team about the importance of clear communication to your clients and you don't communicate clearly with them and you create expectation gaps with clients, they're not going to take that seriously. Another one that I see often is the leader will say, we need to use our cameras more in our video meetings so everyone could stay engaged and they keep their camera off. People are watching you as a leader. They're watching everything that you do, whether you like it or not, whether you realize it or not. You're almost like a parent with children when you're the leader of a team. Kids look at their parents and they model themselves after them. People often find that if something goes wrong with a child or they develop a bad habit, the parent has the same habit. That's where they developed it from. I remember the infamous commercial when I was a kid where the father is asking his child why he turned to drugs and the child says, I learned it by watching you, dad. The same things happen in our career as leaders. Your team learns things by watching you. They develop habits by watching you. So you need to lead by example. And to me, that's one of the most powerful of the five actions that I've shared today. So now I'm just going to recap the five steps that you can take to hopefully help build a strong culture within your team, within your department, division, office, or company. And they're not in any specific order, but step one, ensure that personal relationships are built between leaders and their team members. You have to be intentional about this one because it's hard to build relationships these days, especially for those of you still working remotely for a large part of the time. Step two, set clear expectations for all employees. If people aren't clear on what's expected of them, they're not going to be happy and the culture will not grow in a positive way. Step three, ensure that your employees have a clear path to growth. You won't know what that path is unless you ask them what path they want to take in their careers or even help them to determine it and then help them to progress along it. Step four, ask important questions. If you're not asking the right questions of your employees, somebody else may be and they may end up somewhere else. And step five, lead by example. Your team members are watching you and they're developing habits by watching what you do. And we need to remember that at all times. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. I hope you found this episode helpful. This is something that I learned because we do a lot of consulting with civil engineering firms, whether it's the career roadmaps that we build, the custom project management training programs that we build. And we learn an awful lot about these firms by doing interviews with their employees. And these are the most common pitfalls that happen. I looked at those pitfalls and created this list of steps. Please remember, your people mean everything to your company's growth. You need to keep them with you for the long term if you want to grow sustainable. And my hope is that these five steps can help you do just that. Remember, you can download the report that we did by going to engineeringmanagementinstitute.org and just click on the yellow button there to download the full report. You can also give us a call if you'd like to talk through some ways that you can implement these steps better within your firm. Our number is 800-920-4007. That's 800-920-4007. 
Please remember you can find the show notes for this episode at civilengineeringpodcast.com. There you will find the summary of the steps that I outlined today, as well as links to the resources and books that I mentioned during the episode. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your civil engineering career endeavors. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to download the latest version of our AE Industry Trends Report to get answers to the questions that you want to ask your staff, but you may be afraid to do so. How long will the great resignation last? How long should you allow employees to work remotely? And how are successful firms using data to grow sustainably for the long term? You can learn the answers to these questions and more by downloading the report at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org.